Mamas, welcome back to the Deliberate Day podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I am Brittany. And you guys, we cannot wait for you to listen in on our conversation with today's guest. We invited her here to talk about time management and burnout because burnout is just so prevalent in motherhood, especially in recent years. It's the mental load. It's the physical load. It's the spiritual load of running these big, beautiful families that is just can be so overwhelming at times. And we don't really know or have the right tools and tactics to sometimes recognize it, but especially to get ourselves out of it once we end up in it. And she is the mama behind True Presence for Catholic Moms. She's a certified coach, a productivity expert. She even has four children of her own that she also homeschools. So mamas, it's safe to say she is no stranger to burnout personally and professionally. (laughs) Kelsey Pascarell, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much for having me here. I'm just delighted to have a chance to pour into the mamas who are listening here today and help them with their burnout. I know that I've heard you mention before about being a burnout survivor yourself. Mm -hmm. So we're really curious what led you there And I'm possibly even more curious, (laughs) what led you out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so my story is actually really interesting. So I I started out my career as a productivity expert. My background's in economics. I used to work with nonprofits on their systems. But part of my burnout story is really that I had my own health issues. And I also have a daughter who has quite a number of disabilities. And my family, I'll tell you about the time where I really hit my lowest point on the burnout. I left my job. And I've mentioned to you before this interview how we live in a 120-year-old house. So my husband and I made this crazy decision right after our third child was born to move into this crazy fixer-upper house. And she was five weeks old when we moved. We had a daughter with disabilities. We had a house with this huge load of construction projects that needed to be done. And when I say like just the total load of all that was such a point of just overload in my life, I really, I crashed hard. Honestly, I did. You know, you crash hard in general, I think, when you have a newborn, but you add on those other things and it's just, it's just a lot. And part of my journey was actually in just starting to understand the nature of burnout and how it's different from stress. So a lot of us, we think we're just stressed as moms. We think, you know, okay, if I just do like some small things to fix this, if I just have a little me time, I can climb out of this. I can get my energy and my focus back because that's what happens when we're burned out, right? We, we find mm-hmm. that we're really drained all the time. We find our spirits are yeah. low. We find that our focus is really crummy. Like we just can't seem to make decisions anymore. And it's just like we freeze up and have this mm-hmm. brain fog that just is so persistent. So when it comes to climbing out of it, I think the thing that really was the first thing that I had to learn with it was that it's not just a one-sided approach. It's not just about like fixing your circumstances. It's not just about healing from stress but it's a full mind, body, soul kind of healing. And we have to approach it from all of those sides at the same time. Oh my goodness. Okay. So if you're approaching it from those three sides, which did you choose first? I have an idea of which one that might be, but 
if you could just tell us, you know, are, are you kind of attacking the mind or the body or the soul first? So, you know, I'm not sure that there's really one that you can choose to start with. It's sort of like this spiral that builds on itself. You kind of have to do just a layer at a time of each of those. But one of the things that's really important to know about burnout is that burnout is from chronic stress. And that does, I think a lot of us, we know about the mindset, we know about the spiritual side, but we don't always know about the physical implications of chronic stress on our body. And there are things that happen. Stress causes this release of all these hormones in our body, cortisol, adrenaline, and they're there for a reason. They're there to help us when we're in an emergency situation to push through. Mm -hmm. But when we're at a sustained level of stress for a long time, the physical repercussions of that are going to show up in our body. They're going to show up in our our digestion. They're going to show up in our hormones being thrown off kilter. And we really do have to look at that and say, okay, how am I going to heal not just my mind, not just my soul, but how am I going to also heal my body and get back to optimal health? So, you know, one of the things that happens when it comes to the hormones is it can affect our adrenal function. And that means that we might need to be looking at things like, do we get um, all the minerals in our body? Because our body becomes depleted of common minerals like potassium is a big one we burn through. And it's a really common one you can find in like electrolytes. Uh, electrolyte drinks and start that healing process physically for burnout. But also, like I was saying, when we have these layers of our mind and our soul, and we also need to be looking at how am I going to move forward to learn to manage the stress better and build better patterns. So our minds, are um, our brains are really plastic. And what that means is that they build pathways and connections and it's very flexible it's something that we can when we have a pathway that's been built in our brain it becomes like this trough that our thoughts Mm -hmm. and our thinking patterns flow through and Mm -hmm. to heal from that to learn a better one that's not going to be as stressful we have to start to form new ones and it's something that takes a it's really a low a long gradual process of trying to be really intentional and thinking in a more healthy way so that we can start to build better patterns. And then of course, there's the healing in our soul. Our soul, we're often, when we've gone through a series of like long stress, it builds this pattern in our expectations and also in our relationship with the Lord. You know, sometimes we have these scars where it's sometimes hard to trust and to really be reliant on him. And one layer at a time for all of these things We want to work through, work around building on that healing and building that stack so that we can actually come back out of burnout. Well, and as a mother of four with a child who has disabilities, Mm -hmm. which is a whole speaking of layers, right? Like Mm -hmm. this generally having a child with special needs who needs more than other children is going to require a certain level of performance from you regardless and having four kids will also yeah. like result in a plus very... homeschooling. Like plus, if we just like, keep stacking. Oh my goodness, hundred and twenty year old home. <laughs> but what I'm getting to though is that it is very necessary as a mom for you to make sure that you are operating to to care about those layers, mm-hmm. right? Yes. What is the point where you finally recognize? 
okay, this is probably burnout. I just, like you said, burnout comes from that chronic stress. I think we know if there are very large things going on in our lives, if you've just brought home a NICU baby or you've just been in the NICU for a while, if you have a special needs child, if you've just, like big life changes come with stress. And oftentimes they linger for months and sometimes years afterwards, depending on what they are. So I think that might be a little easier for people to pinpoint like, okay, maybe burnout is exactly what I'm struggling from. But where do I really start practically? Because I think as moms, you already feel like you're already completely empty. So now how am I going to pour into myself in those different layers? How do I even begin to think of layers when I can't even think of an actual thought on my own. Like, did I eat today? Did I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually think that that tends to be a really good starting point. Really, like you were just saying, the first thing is really that recognition. It's that noticing, is this just stress or is this burnout? And I think the best way you can tell that is, let's say you were to get an afternoon off one way or another. If you came back from that and that week you were still struggling with a lot of the same things, that means you are in burnout. That means this is not just a stress situation. Mm. And usually you can tell circumstantially a lot of the time, like if you've just gone through a really big trial in your life, if you know, you've know you've gone through a move, if you've had a newborn, if someone you love has passed away, one of these big life changes, then it's very likely that you're going to be experiencing some level of burnout just because that's a lot to carry. That's a lot of transitions. But yeah, it's the, the key to figuring out one way or the other is, are the little things getting you your energy back? Is taking some time off getting you your energy back, getting you your focus back? If it's not, then yeah, that's how you know that it's burnout. And when it comes to really choosing just one place to start, I always tell people that the place we really need to begin and it's, it's kind of interesting because I think this isn't something that a lot of people think about, is to begin with the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is something that the Lord has given to us that even he took, you know, obviously he didn't need it, but it was so important to him that we understand how important it is that he made it one of the Ten Commandments. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what I think a Sabbath looks like as a mom. But building a Sabbath practice into our lives is it's in many ways an act of faith because we really, we look around and we say, there's so much I need to do, but it's like a tithe of our time. We're a moving out Ooh, in our trust. That's, <laughs> moving out. That is so good. Yeah. Moving out in trust that the Lord designed it this way for a reason that he knows what's best, that he asks for this time from us and asks us to trust him. Mm-hmm. You know, we might be thinking, how do I not work on a Sunday? How do I, you know, make a Sabbath in my busy life? Like, obviously, you know, and I will say too, like, I've had times where I've been milking um, goats and stuff. We have some goats and you can't stop certain chores just because it's Sunday. Yes. This is just how life is. Like, there's still food to cook. There's still babies that need diaper changes. Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but when it comes to building a practice of a Sabbath, what I think this is, is it's really a chance to build eternity into our lives, to bring the eternal perspective in. And so it's a day where time should really, in as much as it's possible, stand still, not looking backwards and not looking forwards. We're not trying to catch up on Sundays and we're not trying to get ahead. What mm -hmm. we're doing is we're spending that time, we're focusing on lots of God, lots of rest, lots of family. 
and keeping it to the simplest things. So in a practical sense, what I try to do and what I advise people to do is to make Sunday a day where you're only cleaning up the messes of that day. You're only cooking the meals of that day. So, you know, yes, if something spills, clean up the spill. If your kid has a blowout, throw out a load of wash. But we're not trying to catch up. We're not trying to get ahead. And it builds in a new pattern, a new rhythm for our lives, just starting from the Sabbath. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay, mamas, I hope you were writing things down like I was because just little gold nuggets all through that. The one that spoke to me the most was when you said, it's a tithe of our time. Mm. And I also love that you brought up the fact that as mothers, I think that's the first thought that comes to our mind too. Like, sure, I would love a break, but everybody's still going to need to eat. Everybody's still going to need to be wiped. Everybody's still going to need to be changed. You know, everybody's still going to need my attention. And shifting that mindset to narrowing that focus down to what does today need only? What is the need right here in front of me mm-hmm. only? And I think it does such a good job in eliminating the pressure that you feel in burnout, that you're never enough, that you can't do anything, that you can't get ahead, that you can never get to the things you need to, that like you're just being crushed under the weight of everything to like strip all that away and say, okay, God, I'm handing you all of that. Uh, Every time it comes to mind, I'm just going to hand it back to you. And I'm only going to focus on what you put in front of me. I think it's really important in this too, to know something about the way stress affects us. It's that those hormones, things like cortisol and adrenaline, they're actually addictive. Like when we feel the loss of them, when they are not present, when we try to relax and we're not used to that, we're going to feel a sense of discomfort there too. And I think this is one of the reasons why a Sabbath is very difficult for us is because we start to get kind of antsy. We sense that lack of that, mm, I'm not even sure how to explain it, that that hyperactivity, that's that restlessness mm-hmm. within us. And it's very strange. And we want to go back to what we're used to because that's more comfortable. Even though it's harder, Mm -hmm. it's our comfort zone. Right. And so sometimes when we try to take this Sabbath, even if there really isn't something legitimate that we need to be pushing through on, we just start to feel like there is. And we we create that hyperactivity again in us because we're used to it. So time management and burnout is different for moms. And we're hearing this a bit here where when you're in burnout, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to quit my job. Mm -hmm. Because you can't quit your family. So tell us a little bit about what makes time management and burnout different for moms and why we have to look at this a different way. Yeah. Like you said, I think, you know, we do have this kind of, it's, it's a marathon motherhood. We're in it for the long run. Oh yeah. We don't get to just disappear for a month or shift tracks or like you said, quit our job. Our job is here for 25 (laughs) plus years, however many kids we have. This is our job. This is our life. But at the same time, at the same time, we need to have a perspective that's a mission focused perspective that encompasses the inputs, not just the outcomes in our life. And We can see this, like, I I think a really good parallel here is our expectations we have for our cars. We really want our cars to get us from A to B, but we also know that our cars need gas. We also know that if we don't do an oil change, we're going to gunk up the engine, right? So we have these Mm -hmm. basic maintenance needs that they feel counterproductive in the minute. We're not, or in the moment, we're not, you know, constantly driving straight across the country, 
we have to stop. We have to do these things. And it's the same with us as mothers. We have to have this perspective of looking at what are the inputs that I need for myself to accomplish my mission of, you know, raising my children well, of being a calm, patient, and loving mother. What are those things? So when we do that, one of the things when it comes to like time management, I, I really encourage my clients to think of the things that they're doing and to put them into three main categories. And when we're looking at those three main categories, the ratio between them is going to shift in different stages in life. So those categories, their preparation is the first one. And that's our mind, body, soul care, and our planning. That's the stuff that is like that maintenance for the car. And then the second one is connection. So our relationships. And this is really important because this is, in many senses, the main reason we're here on earth is to love one another, Mm -hmm. to love God, to build these relationships. Then the third one is productivity. Obviously, there's some other things that don't quite fit into these categories, but just imagine a pie chart and you see that these are, let's say, equal slices on a normal day. When you are in burnout, You need to shift that ratio of the preparation time. And it sometimes means we shrink a little bit of the connection time. Maybe we're not doing as many play dates. Maybe we're not doing as many activities directly with our kids. And we have to focus on that mind, body, soul care, and the planning. And the planning is really important too, because that's one of the things that helps us to reduce the mental load in the long run to make sure that we're not just, you know, when we sit down and we have time for productivity, we can just go for it. We're not standing there in indecision, flipping back and forth. Mm -hmm. We're not standing, staring at the fridge before dinner going, what on earth am I going to make? That adds up. All those little decisions throughout the day add up tremendously. And the more time that we can put into getting ahead on that, the more time we're going to find throughout our day. And the other thing we're going to find is we are more productive just because we have more energy. When we are, you know, for example, making sure we get a full night of sleep, if that's an actual priority, or sometimes it seems counterproductive to take a nap when the baby naps. I know people really hate hearing that. But if you've been sleep deprived for a whole week, you really might need that nap. And it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be every day during every nap, but maybe that day, maybe today, you do need the nap. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done with that, It's going to feel like a breeze to get up and just knock out the dishes, to just, you know, knock out the homeschool planning, whatever's on your plate that you've been trying to muddle through with a brain that feels like a swamp. So you said those three categories, preparation, connections, productivity. Mm -hmm. And is there a point where you get to where you start to balance those back out? Is the ideal state to have those in three even portions? You know, this is something that's really custom to you. And so this is something I will say as someone who's had an experience with part of my um, illness, I actually had a vitamin B12 deficiency, which made me chronically anemic. Your body can't process iron. And I think one of the things that we need to understand is that everyone's going to look different. And everyone's dealing with a different level of things. So for instance, people who have like a chronic illness, they're going to need more physical care for themselves, more mental care, things like that. People who are higher energy might need less. And it's just so custom what that ratio is going to be. But it's worth paying attention to and tracking and noticing your energy levels as it shifts. That's how you're going to be able to figure out what your ideal ratio is. This is fantastic because you've talked about the idea of spoons. Mm. Basically, you're figuring out at the beginning of the day how many spoons you have. Yes. 
And you're, you're living in accordance with that. And I think what you're saying too, probably can vary by day, mm-hmm. even with the amount of preparation, the plans that you have the next day. If you have a newborn, your life is going to look very different than if your youngest is a 10 year old like mine, yes. you know, you, that, that is very yeah, custom very different. and knowing that, but knowing that is really also mm-hmm. important because for our moms out there who are looking at, you know, Julia Schmo, who has her life together and she has two little girls who are now 12 and 13 who do everything for themselves. Of course, she gets to take a shower every day mm-hmm. because her children aren't trying to run down the stairs or fly. Right. <laughs> so that can be something that's really important to remember as opposed to if you're a mom who has four children who are zero, one, two, three, right? That, that will look very different. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, too, I think it's just so important to remember that the person that we are accountable to is God. When we're comparing, when we're looking at other mothers, we never know what their circumstances. We never know the full balance of things. We don't know what their struggles are. What we know is what God is asking of us. And we're discerning that continually in prayer with him and knowing that our circumstances are just simply not comparable. How do you compare someone who has a chronic illness to someone who has a baby? We, we can't do that. We don't know how it impacts their life. We don't know, you know, the person who even looks like they're having it together. Maybe their marriage is falling apart. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's, it's challenging because in a way, unless we're looking at them with the goal of compassion, empathy, and loving our neighbor, it's actually quite an unproductive thing to be doing. And it hurts mm-hmm. us and it hurts them. And so we just want to look at our own path in discernment with the Lord and say, what do you ask of me, Lord? What do you want me to do today? How do you want me to spend my time? Because that's our circle of control. That's our fiat, Mm -hmm. our continual aligning our will to his will. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. What I'm hearing is that the movement we need in burnout is small. Mm -hmm. And it starts by looking at this mind, body, soul care, and doing some small movement in that direction. Yes. And we talked to Sterling Jaquith, and she talked about the the art and the importance of reflection, of just taking a moment to pause and look back at your day and be like, where did I blow up at my kids? Where did the whole day go south? Where did things go wrong? And I think what I'm hearing from you as well is that's what we have to do with this burnout as well is where's the biggest pain point and how can I start small, you know, just get some kind of movement in that direction, but then also assess after you do this is beginning with the Sabbath. Is that making a difference in your life? Is it making a very small difference, but there's still all these other issues that you're struggling with. Okay. Now we've started one thing and you've got that going. Now what's the next thing we can do? And that feels so much more manageable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, on a daily basis, we really need to just recognize those small steps that we are taking. Maybe that's just starting the day with a glass of water instead of jumping straight into caffeine. And when we start to notice that we can do itty bitty things that make a huge difference, we can build on them. There isn't this pressure to fix it immediately. We just, we're trying to build Mm -hmm. new habits a little at a time. And they say it takes like 30 days to build a new habit, right? So it's it's not like this is a, a process that just is going to shift 
the way that we rebuild our lives moving forward, the way that we find that balance moving forward. It's a continual testing adjustment. And it's so important to look at the things that we're doing right and be encouraged by that. I love that. I lo- I don't think enough moms look at what is working and mm-hmm. what they are doing right. And just like, you don't want, you don't need to live there, sit there, think that nothing you do is wrong, but it would be nice to be like, Hey, I killed that that school drop-off line today. Like, or to just celebrate small wins. Yeah. I am not someone that that comes naturally to. Tiffany is, and I've learned a lot from her. But I think celebrating small wins makes a big difference in our mindset and what we're looking for in the day also. On the note of celebrating wins and and seeing good forward movement and everything, I was very interested to hear you talk about the Martha and Mary secret And I would love for you to dig into that a little bit more if you don't mind sharing. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, you know, when we talk about the story of Mary and Martha, you know, we hear, okay, Martha, she's so busy, right? She's thinking, if I don't cook dinner, nobody's going to cook dinner. What am I going to do? You know, look at Mary. She's sitting over there. She's being lazy. She's not doing the work that needs to be done. But what does our Lord say to her? Says, Martha. Martha, you're worried about so many things. I'm, I'm not saying it exactly right. You said, but Mary has chosen the greater portion and it will not be taken from her. Yeah. And I really think this does go back to that Sabbath. This really does go back to that discernment. One of the reasons why we struggle with this is because we're not planning with the Lord. When we don't know and we haven't taken that time to discern how the Lord wants us to spend our time, we're in this constant state of guilt and worry and anxiousness about our to-do lists. We, and in many ways, it's, and I hate to say it, but it really does become somewhat prideful sometimes because we start to think everything depends on me. If I don't do it, the world will fall apart. It needs to be Mm -hmm. done. But we're just one human. And sometimes our workloads legitimately are bigger than one human can do. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to be standing against this 20-ton boulder and still pushing anyway. It means that we can take a break from that and we can sit at the Lord's feet and we can pray. And he's the one who's going to figure out how all those pieces that are beyond us are going to fit together, how those things are going to happen if it's his will. And Mm -hmm. we can be at peace with that when we've made our plan with him, when we've said, okay, Lord, how much time do you want me to devote to housework each day? Just ask him that. Maybe maybe he wants us to devote six hours a day to housekeeping. Maybe he wants us to devote an hour a day. And just to fit into that time, whatever we can do, and then move on to the next thing that we think he's asked of us. Maybe that's sitting down at peace and reading a book to our kids. Maybe it's spending some time with our husband and giving him our full attention. Maybe that's taking a bubble bath because we're exhausted and our bones are aching because we've been rocking a baby all day, you know? But when we sit with the Lord and we plan out our day, we plan out our time, then we can do it with conviction. We can trust that we're doing our, spending our time well, that we're putting it towards the things that he's asking of us. And he mm-hmm. can multiply our loaves and fishes. You know, when we're, when we're being really intentional, we ought give him our offering and maybe it isn't enough on the surface, but he can multiply it out. To stop and ask, God, what do you want me to do can kind of be scary because I think a lot of times we don't really want to know the answer. We still want to maintain control over what we're deciding to do every day or what we think is important. And to be told, oh, no, actually, that doesn't matter. Mm. I'm homeschooling my kids. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like I'm doing all the things for everybody all the time. 
it can be really scary if he says, oh, actually, slow down. Be at peace. I only want you to do this today. Maybe I don't want you to work on homeschooling. I just want you to have a day where you play games with your kids today. You're like, oh, that's going to put me behind. That's going to do this. That's going to do that. But that discernment with God in doing what he has called you to do, there is a different kind of joy. There is a sense of peace when it comes to listening to God's word. My sister, I always go to her for various things and she's like, God speaks in peace. He speaks in comfort on our hearts. And the answer might not be, hello, Brittany, you need to do this. (laughs) It will be I'm considering this option and this option in discernment, or I'm asking God, what do you want me to do today? And when I think about homeschooling my kids today, or maybe when I think about tackling this big project or getting us all out the door for that thing that I thought was really important, I feel really tense and anxious and upset. But when I think about just staying home with my kids today and making it a day about us, or when I stop and say, instead of getting to all of these lessons today, I'm just going to focus on this one language arts lesson with this child who's been struggling with it for weeks. And there's a sense of peace that settles on your heart in those moments. It's really scary to take that step. But when you do, that peace and that joy you'll feel in doing that, it's what we're seeking. It's what you're seeking by filling up your schedule with everything. You're seeking that actual joy or that actual calm and peace that you're going to feel if you just listen to him. (laughs) If you just consult him, if you just bring him in. Just like Kelsey is saying, like... Stop and discern because he does answer when you ask him questions. That's, I tell my kids all the time, knock and the door shall be open. Like he's literally sitting there waiting, like just knock and he will answer you. Absolutely. So I love that you brought that up. Absolutely. And you know, it's just, it's something that's so incredible to me is just to realize no matter our circumstances, the Lord has promised us his peace. He is saying to us, it is available to you all the time. And it's not something that we are in the habit of seeking out. But, you know, Viktor Frankl talks about that space between our situation and our reaction to it. And in that space is interior freedom. That is the space that we want to really, we want to work on lengthening that, on not always jumping straight into reactivity so that we can invite the Lord into the moment so that we can be at peace with whatever's going on. And it it just doesn't have to be something that we're always doing like out of the moment or setting aside time for every day, though that's a really fruitful thing to do. But it helps us with those last minute adjustments in life, right? This is something as moms, we're constantly facing things that just pop up, changes that need to be made, and the kid starts throwing up. You never know what's going to happen in a day. Yes. But Peace is always available to us. What do you recommend when they come to you and they say, I'm just having the hardest time finding that? Like, what do you recommend that they do in the moment where you've recognized, I don't have that peace, but I don't know what to do after this step? Hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the first things that if you're unable to find peace, there's a really good chance that there's a physical reason that's being a bit of a barrier, like your heart rate is raised. And I think one of the good places to start is just by breathing, just by slowing your breath and noticing it and calming your body down. And in doing that, it actually helps your brain to function a little better, helps you to think a little more clearly. And every part of us, we're embodied souls. 
our souls, our minds, our bodies, they are so connected. So when we're looking Mm -hmm. at just the one part, then yeah, it might be hard to find peace. Sometimes we need to start with just slowing our breath down and telling ourselves, like letting ourselves feel calmer so that we can be calmer. Holy cow. Kelsey, like that is a mic drop. That is amazing. It's free. Any mom has access to that. That's something I can do right now while I'm listening to you talk. Like Mm -hmm. it is so beautiful and so simple, deceptively simple, right? But I think those are the things that work. They work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, we're yeah. we're in the modern world. We're in a world right now that is so stimulating all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a constant assault on our senses. And it's not the way women have lived before. I know that women before have always lived with certain levels of stress that come with motherhood. But we experience, you know, social media. We experience frequently like a news cycle that is stuff we wouldn't even have known about 200 years ago. Maybe Mm -hmm. we'd have found out about it a month after it happened when there was something going on. And we carry so much more. We're given so much more information constantly, so much comparison. And it really does come back to just some some of the simplest things like breathing, looking at the horizon, paying attention to the sensory load in the room we're in. You know, I'll just say one really big thing. If you're constantly on edge, sometimes the simplest thing could be just to put in a little bit of um, your headphones or earplugs because the noise level gets a little crazy. It just does. And that can physically make you feel on edge. I know for me, it does. And my husband bought me the little loop earplugs. And it is amazing what just cutting out some of the levels of sound does. It just gives you a barrier between that overstimulus and still being able to be present to people. And I find that if I can do something to to kind of cut the sound when I'm really, really stressed and take a breath, that for me is like the golden ratio because I'll either step outside in the front yard or the backyard or I'll literally go to my bathroom and lock my door and then my bathroom door because at least then it takes them two doors to get to before they get to me. <laughs> That's at least a good few seconds of alone time by myself. And and I'll just stop and sit in quiet and I'll breathe and I'll always, I just, very simple prayer, I just come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I know you can give me the wisdom I need to handle the situation. I know you can give me what I need because your gifts are so good. So just Just those words. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Part of me wants to be a doubter and be like, it doesn't actually. Like, how could breathing really change when you're feeling that frustrated or upset or angry or burned out or overwhelmed? But it does. The way that it gives you space between reaction and intentional action is a really, really powerful tool that I think just can't be underestimated. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it it really is. Our senses exist And for many reasons to keep us safe. So when we are overstimulated, it's our senses telling us you're in danger. Yes. And we just have to remind ourselves we're not in danger right now. My child having a tantrum, while it's really not pleasant, is not dangerous. And I do think too, when we're talking about like our mindset too with that, a big thing that we struggle with is we project it out to the future, the situations that we're in. And it's unconscious that we do this. But, you know, again, like go back to the child with a tantrum example. 
we think, oh my goodness, they're going to be an adult who throws tantrums. They won't. They won't. They'll grow out of it. But our brain jumps to that, right? And it puts us in that fear state. We do have to consciously Mm -hmm. pull ourselves back out of that fear state. We do need to just trust that it's going to be okay. Surrender these things to the Lord and say, yeah, okay, I can't see it right now. This is stressful. This is loud. This is not the behavior I want to see in my kid, but that's okay. I can, I can reset and I don't need to be thinking about all the fears. I can be in the moment. I can calm my body down. And when we do that, we're actually making better progress towards our goals too, because then we can model the behavior for our child that we want them to copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which has not just effects for our own family and our own selves, but truly generational effects mm-hmm. and the foundations that they start to build. It's crazy when you start to think about it, what we can do to impact our children having a better life just by taking the opportunities and the tools and the tactics that are available to us. You just shared all these things on a podcast. It's free to go listen to, or you can go a step further and get coaching from Kelsey and you can get help in these areas. And this help isn't just to get you through today or tomorrow. It's changing your heart. And I was in some coaching with Katherine Johnson, and she was talking about how the things that we do open parts of our hearts to allowing God into those pieces of us. And that inherently changes it the next time we come to it and the next time. Sometimes only by the smallest margin, you can not lose your temper as much, or you can handle the stress of a situation, or you can claim back your parasympathetic nervous system. It's small changes, and it doesn't take things that are too hard. It's not hard to breathe. It's not, okay, every time you get upset, you have to go for a 20-minute run and then come back. And I think that's one of the things that as moms, maybe we don't know as well yet, that these tactics and these tools, they are simple enough for us to implement in everyday life, in all of the chaos, in the somebody just pooped in their pants when we were about to walk out the door. Like you can still breathe in that moment. You can still, you still get a choice in how you respond. And you also get a choice sometimes in how you come back after whatever response you had, even if you didn't necessarily choose that one. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. I know we're coming to the close of our time. We love to ask a few questions to close out the podcast each time. First one is, what is your mom superpower? My mom's superpower. Oh, I don't know if I've been asked this. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I, You know, I think it's individualization. I think my mom's superpower is that I see my kids each as really unique and I think I'm really good at pulling out their strengths and noticing those and customizing their homeschooling and things like that to who they are and helping to build them into who they're meant to be. We've not had that one yet. That is excellent. Okay. So if you could go back to one stage of motherhood and tell yourself one thing, what stage would you go back to and what would you say? Oh, another tricky one. One stage. You know, probably back when my first was born, and I think a lot of moms probably do say this. Yeah. (laughs) I would just say, it's okay for you to eat your food. It is okay for you to have a solid meal. (laughs) And just start there. That's huge. That is huge. All right. What are four things your friends or family would say you're good at? Hmm. Four things. I'm good at cooking and... 
podcasting. And let's see. I'm really good at listening to people, like my children when they talk. You know, I'm good at reading books aloud. I make good voices. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's a kindred spirit to yes. me. <laughs> okay. And then finally, what is something that makes your family special? I think we're just we're really up for anything. Like we are, we'll go camping. We can, we've done all sorts of crazy stuff. Like we've had goats, we garden, we just constantly doing DIY things. And so we're, we're, we're very flexible and we're very much like, let's figure it out kind of people. You're our kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast, for talking to us about burnout and time management. And I love how you spoke into the heart of motherhood because I think that can feel so lonely here for so many women. So I'm so grateful for your time. We feel so blessed to have had you on the podcast. Please tell our listeners where to find your podcast and then what kind of programs or things you have going on, because I would love for them to be able to reach out to you after this. Oh, thanks so much. I, yeah, I would love for you guys to check out my podcast. It's True Presence for Catholic Moms. You can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And I have two free resources right now that I think would be awesome. I have one is I'm running for Lent, a program for Catholic moms on detoxing from our phones. So we're going to be just building intentionality around our phone use, deciding what that looks like. And I'll be coaching live quite a few times during this program. People can come. It's free. And so if this is something you struggle with finding balance with, you can bring your questions, bring your challenges to that. The other free thing I have right now that is, I think, beneficial, it's a, a workbook to help you get unstuck. If you've got like a to-do list that you can't figure out how to sort through, what are the first things you need to tackle? You can just grab that workbook and that's on my homepage, truepresence.life. You can download that and it's just there for you on those tough days when you don't know how to get started. Amazing. Amazing. And you always know we'll have all the links for you in the podcast notes and then on our website as well. And if you're on our email list, which if you're not, come on, mamas, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but if you're on our email list, we'll also send you a little bio on Kelsey and we'll have all of her links in there as well. So mamas, thank you so much for taking time to listen to us today. Thank you for just sitting in on this amazing conversation with these beautiful women. Honestly, Tiffany and I feel so blessed to be able to do this. If you will please drop us a little comment in our DMs on Instagram, or we always, always love for you to leave us reviews on the podcast. We read every single one. We probably pour over every single one more than is natural or normal because we are just so delighted to hear from you. And so pop in, tell us your favorite podcast. Tell us about your favorite speaker. We would love to give you more content that you're excited about and that you're enjoying and that makes an impact on your life and your family's lives. So mamas, thank you for being with us. And just don't forget, you are doing beautiful work.